throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Kaylee Ringo at the 21, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Georgia. Think about Loa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone, touchdown, Alabama wins. Seth Small, 10 of 11 on the year, from 28 yards away for an Aggie upset win. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Welcome to Student Section, a student media poll podcast. Your home for all things SEC football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Student Section. I'm your host, Jack Duffy. I'm a student journalist at the University of Georgia. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Michael Hull, a student journalist at the University of Florida. Michael, how are we doing today after a chaotic week of college football? I'm doing, man. It was definitely a week. Um, (laughs) Obviously, Florida lost, but it was a wild Saturday. We'll get into all of that. And it was a wild Sunday, too, with NFL being back, which was which was awesome. I got to sit on my couch and just watch football for 10 hours in a row. It was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Nobody asked me about how the Falcons game went because that's I, just, I don't want to talk about it. But we have two guests today, both from the Daily Gamecock, because we have a big matchup between UGA and USC this week. We have Joe Macheca and Michael Sauls. So... Boys, introduce yourself uh, to the student section crowd. First time on the pod. Joe, it's all you, bud. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm Joe Machika. Um, I'm the engagement director as well as a sports writer and photographer at the Daily Gamecock. Um, excited to be on, boys. Appreciate yeah. you having me. Of course. And Michael? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Michael Sauls. Yeah, Mr. Sauls. Um, I am the managing, uh, one of the managing editors of the Daily Gamecock. I uh, take care of sports and news, um, have some other couple internships with, with DG, um, one of the, one of the top sports and news guys. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're very happy to have you guys on two voters for student media poll and, and just really excited this week for, uh, UGA USC. We'll get into that in a little bit. We got double trouble with Michael today. So, uh, we are gonna, we're gonna refer to Mr. Sauls as Sauls. So to, to, clear out any confusion but we had a lot of action week two college football and we're going to start out with the big one college game day last week was bama texas and bama looked mortal uh we we went into this season thinking they would be the death machine that they should be with the uh, talent that they have but almost falling to texas so michael i want to start with you what did this game tell you about alabama i mean like you said that they're mortal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it was just Texas and being in Austin and how much of it was, hey, maybe this Bama team is beatable because they really should have lost this game. I mean, Bryce Young looks human. I mean, he had a great last drive, but besides that, he really wasn't that impressive. I've seen Jameer Gibbs looked great and the defense looks solid, but it definitely helps when Quinn Ewers gets hurt. I mean, that if he stays in the game, Bama probably loses this game. Like Hudson card looked fine in relief for Texas. Um, 
but yeah, Bama's Bama's human, which was not something. Obviously, I picked Bama minus twenty as my lock of the week, so that didn't work. But it's fine. Jack's lock lost also. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see how Bama comes out the next few weeks because you know Nick Saban. Like this team is just obviously they they have Yo Monroe this week, which Yo Monroe. And then they have Vandy the week after. Trap game. Watch out for that. Look out for Vandy. Then they get at Arkansas. And that's the one where after a few get right games, that's one where I'm really looking at. Because if Nick Saban is who we know Nick Saban to be, they'll come out and just obliterate Arkansas. Um, But that's the one where I'm like, okay, if they're going to lose – that is it. If they play like they did against Texas, they're not getting past Arkansas. There's, there's no way. And they wouldn't beat Tennessee either, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I do think it'll be interesting to see how, how they bounce back from this because they did look very undisciplined very, this entire game, like 15 penalties. They're averaging 10 and a half penalties through two games, which is not good. Joe, I want to hear what you have to think about this Bama Texas game. Yeah, so, I mean, I watched the whole thing. Again, Michael, I agree with you. I think Quinn, if Quinn Ewers stays in that game, like, it's a very, very different story. Now, I will say, if Ewers does stay in the game, I will, you know, I'm going to say that, you know, Saban's going to make some halftime adjustments, and it's going to be closer um, than people think. But you're right, I think Texas ends up winning the game. And, I mean, I thought Bama, like, what they did was they, they did uh, the best with what they could, right? Like, they – they held on to that game. They ended up like gave the ball to Bryce Young, you know, going down in that fourth quarter and sealed the deal. Like that's, that's typical Bama fashion, win at all costs. And you're right. I mean, I did think that they looked pretty mortal. Like, you know, they're beatable this year, which is, you know, something we haven't said in, in years, right? Like it's, it's very off brand for Alabama to go to Texas and, you know, only squeak out a win by one. So um, definitely thought they were, they looked mortal this year and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Sauls, I, I want to hear, if you have any other thoughts, I, I mean, they – Bryce Young is sensational, but he can't do it all, right? Like, yeah. and, and we saw that. So I, I'm curious to hear what you have to think. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watched the game. I had to sit and cover the um, travesty that was Arkansas and South Carolina instead. <laughs> um, so, I no, no, I kept up with it. Um, but, no, I mean, I think what everybody's hit on is that it made Bama look mortal. It made the unbeatable look beatable. Um, I, you know, I've been on the, the Texas hate train as long as I've lived, I think, um, refuse to put them in, uh, above like 22 or whatever I had them at my S and P ballot. Um, but I know, I think even the way they performed, especially after Quinn went down, um, I mean, looked like a top 25 team, maybe getting close to cracking the top 15, if they can put some pieces together. Um, I still think Bama is a top five team. It's, it's Nick Saban. You don't bet against Alabama, um, unless you have a lot of money to lose, um but uh no I think I think they'll be fine um I think this was probably just a I think being in Austin helped out obviously um you guys have hit on it with they've looked on like uncharacteristically undisciplined the last couple weeks um but it's Nick Saban he'll he'll get his stuff together definitely yeah um I mean it was like Jack you said 15 penalties it was the most in the Nick Saban era yeah like that will correct itself that that was not a like trend that's going to continue that was an aberration in my yeah. opinion and, and it was kind of funny after the game seeing Bama fans complain about the refs calling so many penalties but if there's any any fan base that should not be complaining about that it's Alabama but I digress 
Um, we're going to talk about Florida, Kentucky, which Michael, I know you have a lot of thoughts on. Um, not not a great week for your 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 Gators out there in the swamp. Not not a great week. No, not a great week at all. I um I think a lot of it, and Florida fans need to calm the f down. Yeah. Because there are some who are like, who went from Billy Napier is the savior and will lead us to a national championship this year to fire Billy Napier. Like it was that quick. Florida fans are some of the most fickle human beings I have had the pleasure of meeting and interacting with. <laughs> and it, it is just, it's ridiculous. I think the pressure got to Anthony Richardson a lot. I mean, Tim Tebow was on campus all this week. He was hearing all the noise that, hey, you're the next Tebow. You're wearing 15. You are him. You're the next Cam Newton, number one draft pick, all of this stuff. And you could tell that it got to him during the game. He was making slow decisions. He was not taking, there were holes. There were holes for him to run. And he only had four yards rushing. And it was off of two designed QB draws. Um, but there were holes. The holes were there. Kentucky had a good game plan in the first half. But the second half, they realized, oh, he's not running. He's staying in the pocket. There weren't play designs to get him out, out moving, out in space, which is what he does best using his athleticism. And he ended the game 14 of 35 for a buck 43 and two picks. And one of them was a pick six on a miscommunication with an option route with Naquan Wright. That, and that one sealed the game. Um, I really think that this team, this team is fine. Like, I think it's better than what I thought it was at the start of the season. Um, but it's not a playoff contender, which I think we knew going into it. Um, the key to this season will come down to Tennessee. UF gets USF this week at home, so that'll be a win. But then they travel to Knoxville to take on the Volunteers. And that electric offense, now the Gators defense did look a lot better. I mean, they surrendered 19 points on defense because of the pick six, which was great. The pass rush was there. The secondary played pretty well. Will Levis had 200 yards, the touchdown and a pick. Like he was okay. Um, and that's supposedly one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. Future first overall pick to Future the Atlanta Falcon. Falcons, Will Levis. <laughs> um, people, people forget. So I have to bring it up every single people week. Forget. That was a real mock draft I saw in July. Anyway, no, I think that it'll be very telling to see how they come out against Tennessee because. The pressure definitely got to Anthony Richardson. He was a little banged up in the first quarter. Uh, he got hit low, and he was kind of limping throughout the rest of the first half, so that definitely had something to do with it. But I think it was a lot It was a lot of mental, a lot of mental mistakes, and just he was lost in his head. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how Napier gets the guys rallied and gets them back into form, um, using USF as kind of a dress rehearsal for that Tennessee game. And I do want to give some credit to Kentucky because they oh, know absolutely. how to win ugly. They know how to win ugly. That was an ugly game. Will Levis, very much a game manager quarterback because he did, like you said, he didn't put up numbers. He, he just did what he had to do to win. Um, and, and all credit to Mark Stoops, who passed Bear Bryant for most wins in Kentucky history, Kentucky football history, which is, it's only 61, I'm pretty sure is the number. But like really good stuff out of Mark Stoops. He's built that program up. Uh, and so really good stuff out of him. Sauls and Joe, do you have any, any thoughts here on Kentucky and, and what they, they did? I think no. Kentucky's good. 
I think yeah. Kentucky will probably finish second in the East. Um, I, I've honestly been kind of shocked with Florida. I got, thought Florida was probably a year or two away um, from being, you know, back to the normal Florida that they are. But I guess just, you know, the, the recruiting-wise and, you know, the freaking natures you get out of Florida, um, I feel like I probably shouldn't be surprised at how um, – I think they played Kentucky close. Um, but I do think Kentucky will probably finish second in the East. Um, Florida will be – right around that third spot, maybe fourth, maybe fifth. I feel like there's like three teams that are all going to be fighting for that third spot. Uh, but no, I think Kentucky's a top 15 team. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think I was, I've been very high on Kentucky. I mean, coming into this year, um, you look at Chris Rodriguez, what he did last year. And now I think you're right, Michael, you know, it was a scrappy game. It really was in Kentucky. You know, Jack said it too, like Kentucky finds a way to win. And I think without having Chris Rodriguez in that game is huge because it shows that they can get a win without their leading rusher and I mean Levis again yeah he looked okay but again he he out he did enough to outplay Richardson and the rest of Florida um you know they got they got it done really really you know gritty um and I I also was a little surprised at how high Florida was ranked coming into this game I did not expect them to be at 12 uh, coming in I personally I had them flip-flopped I had um Kentucky at 12 and uh I think Florida at 20 something, it was relatively close to that, but I mean, yeah, Kentucky's going to win games down the stretch. And then once they get Rodriguez back, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty scary. Yeah. And Michael has referenced them as in the past as like a little Georgia light because of the way they like Mark Stoops has his team play. Um, they, they play really tough defense and then they squeak out enough on offense to get the job done. Uh, and that's how Georgia teams in the past have, Played these games so I, I agree with that sentiment it was kind of what we saw on Saturday because it was ugly all around but they, they pulled out a win so really good stuff from Kentucky and like Michael said Florida fans need to calm down that the expectations were way too high after one week um you that Utah one was great and if if I had told you that you'd be one and one after two games against Utah and Kentucky I think Florida fans would have taken that a hundred percent of the time I, I, I like you need to calm down and, and just ride the rest of the season, which brings us to Tennessee, Pittsburgh, fun game, really fun game, overtime game. Um, Hendon Hooker, man, he was, he was my pick to be offensive player of the year in the SEC, 325 yards, two touchdowns. The lock of the week though, which was over 66 and a half. All I needed was a touchdown from Pitt in overtime to hit that over. Right. Did not hit uh, very upset with that because Pittsburgh had two quarterbacks basically get injured. One of them played through injury. Uh, Michael, what do you think of this Tennessee team? They pull out a big win here. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it. They are a very, very good team. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that offense is electric. It's one of the best in the SEC. Like, I mean, you could argue it's the best in the East. I don't think it's better than Georgia's, but like, an argument could possibly be made for that. I think, like you were saying, Hendon Hooker, I mean, he's he's special, man. He only had 27 yards on the ground, but he was able to do it with his arm today, which is something that, like, that's huge. Um, I mean, 325 yards, two touchdowns, 27 of 42. And it's not like that pit offense is anything bad. And so seeing that defense, like, yeah, 27 points is still a good amount. But that Tennessee defense was the main concern coming into the season for them. And so if they can hold teams to under 30, like with that offense, 
they could be in for a special run. Yeah, definitely. Um, Joe, what, what did you see out of Tennessee here? I know we, we talked about sort of a, a log jam here for second and third in the East. So, yeah, I mean, I liked what I saw from Tennessee. Um, I also think they're going to be pretty scary in the SEC East. Um, going to give everybody a run at least. Um, and maybe Georgia even, they'll, they'll give them a run. I've loved what I've seen from Hennon Hooker. Um, zero picks on the year so far. I mean, granted, we're only two weeks in, but, um, you know, it's pretty – pretty good um four touchdowns 546 yards through two um can't really complain if you're a Tennessee fan and again like I'm I'm gonna use this term a lot but I thought that game was a gritty win for Tennessee too um it's they saw a really good Pittsburgh team that you know in week one we saw can battle and bang and stay in games so I mean I think it's a big win for Tennessee to just you know show that they can win games down the stretch and keep their composure and stay in games when they need to and you know that's such a valuable trait in the SEC yeah, definitely. And Sauls, uh, what what did you see out of this Tennessee team that that, that has you impressed and potentially like gunning for that second spot with Kentucky as well? Yeah, I feel like I I came into the season honestly sleeping on them, um, and I shouldn't have considering you know what I saw in person last year when they ran South Carolina up and down the field, however you know forty eight however many times it was. Um, but no, I mean, like Joe said, Pitt's a solid team. I fully expected Pitt to win that game. Um, but no, I mean, Tennessee's offense has been electric so far. And I think as long as they keep their defensive side of the ball straight, then I think, you know, they'll, they'll make a run for second. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they finished in that spot, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting, uh, for sure. I, I have my calendar circle for that Tennessee Florida Tennessee Kentucky and then Tennessee Georgia game because this Tennessee team is very fun to watch they have a really good offense so it'll be interesting you know who doesn't have a really fun offense Texas A&M Texas A&M has a terrible offense they are stuck in 2012 which in this day and age in college football is not what you want to see they lost to Appalachian State last week which they paid 1.5 million dollars I think is the number for them to come out and, and, and beat Texas A&M uh, Jimbo Fisher's buyout. I want to, does anybody have any guess guesses right now? What Jimbo Fisher's buyout looks like. Is it above? A, it's not above a hundred million. No, it's, it, it's not, but it's close. Is it uh, more Sorry, or less what? than Scott Frost? Uh, more, <laughs> more, much more. It's 25. Okay. It is $94 million at the moment. <laughs> It is $94 million Jesus and he is losing to Appalachian state he is put up like consistently mid season so far at Texas A&M. And I gotta be honest, they gotta make some changes. There's, there is no reason they should only be putting up 14 points on app state. Michael, what, what is going on at Texas A&M? Well, my question is why do teams keep scheduling app state? <laughs> As their easy win. This has happened for like four years now. They yeah. beat South Carolina a few years ago. This goes like, back to like the one time they beat Michigan as an FCS team. Yeah. Yeah. And like they've they've taken down like Penn State, UNC, USC. Like they're they're a good, they're a good program. I yeah. don't understand it. And I have no idea what's going on at AM. Um yeah. I I said this at the on our preview podcast i i knew a&m was still a year away from being truly competitive because all those great recruits and stuff 
they're they're all freshmen and like they're all seniors in high school coming into AM. They still need time to actually start playing and actually getting reps and all this type of stuff. It's a big jump from high school, even if you're all American five star to SEC play. Um, App State out uh, had 41 minutes, 29 seconds time of possession compared to 18 minutes for Texas A&M. It's terrible. You're not going to win a game with Hayes King as your quarterback in 18 minute possession time. Like that's just not going to happen. Maybe that would work if your quarterback was still Johnny Manziel and you could just score on a 75 yard touchdown every play, but that's not what the Texas A&M offense is designed to do. Yeah. Um, 22 first downs for App State compared to nine for AM. Like the AM defense is great. Yeah. But that offense, man, they need to figure out the quarterback. They need to figure out a lot of issues um, if they want to actually be competitive this year. Yeah. And, and Sauls, is there any bright spot out of this for Texas AM? Is there like it? Like what, what is going on there? I think the bright spot is we found out App State is amazing. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I mean, with with a and I agree with what Hole was saying in the sense of um, a year away type thing. Um, I think everybody, you know, it's it's Jimbo. They got the number one recruiting class, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's great and all. But if they're not here to play, you're you can't do anything with them. Um, so, I mean, I was I was genuinely shocked um, that App State beat them. Um, I, you know, I picked App State to beat UNC and obviously came up short there. And I was like, there's no way they do it again or get even close with AM because AM and North Carolina are just on entirely different levels. Um, at least you would think in theory. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it, I feel like AM's got to get a lot of stuff together. Um, they've got a lot of question marks. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, you can't really, there's not a lot of bright spots you can take out of that game. Um, yeah. Other than the fact that App State is, one of the premier fun belt teams and should probably be ranked in the top 25. Yeah, I, I agree. I um, And Joe, I mean, we, we've said we've, we've bashed Texas A&M now this whole segment, but I, I think it's deserved. What are your thoughts on, on their performance on Saturday? Yeah, I was one of the only people that was really high on Texas A&M coming in. Um, you know, granted, like the preseason hype was real and I was drinking all of that Kool-Aid. And, you know, again, what you guys have all said, they're, they're about a year away. And I, I mean, coming into this year, I thought they were going to, you know, kind of do what Kentucky had done with Chris Rodriguez in the last couple of years. Just run the ball until you can develop your quarterback. You know, Haynes King was, you know, 910 rushing, almost a thousand yard rush in the SEC. So, I mean, I was expecting a lot more from this offense coming into this year and they just haven't produced and again that defense is really really good um but i mean just couldn't get the job done on offense so i mean no real bright spots for AM. and i mean going into sec play we don't necessarily know what we're going to see from them um so yeah yeah and when it comes to sec in in 2022 you need to be able to like on any given saturday put up 35 to 40 points because the offenses in the sec have become very real and very powerful and I just don't I don't trust Texas A&M to ever do that. So I, it could be very, uh, a very hard season for Texas A&M if they don't get things turned around very quickly. Because, I mean, we, we'll talk about Miami, Texas A&M, which is this week. And then they later have Texas, uh, Arkansas. So that'll be a tough game for them. Speaking about Arkansas, and we'll, we'll start our little South Carolina Gamecock segment here. Uh, we're going to recap Arkansas, uh, South Carolina, which – Unfortunately for South Carolina, I know you guys had uh, to cover that was it was not a 
a ideal game for them. Uh, KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders basically ran for almost 250 yards on, on that South Carolina defense. <laughs> so I'm going to give the floor over to, to Joe and Sauls here. What what happened in that game? Um, well, that's a, that's a loaded question, honestly. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, Arkansas did exactly what everybody knew they were going to do. And they gave the ball to Rocket Sanders and he showed why his nickname is Rocket Sanders. Honestly, um, I think a lot of people going into this, I think a lot of people expected South Carolina's run defense to be a lot better. Um, I know I did. Um, obviously, the rushing attack of Georgia State is not on the same level as Arkansas. Um, but Georgia State, you know, had Jamias Williams, who was averaging like six and a half yards carry last year, like top 10 in the nation. They shut him down. Um, obviously, there were some offensive question marks after that first game. Um, but I mean, Arkansas just ran through them. Um, and then it didn't help that you lost three starters in the middle of that game on defense. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, they they I mean, they just ran the ball down their throats. It was kind of insane, honestly, just kind of sitting there. I Luckily, I didn't go to that game because I don't think I would have liked to have sat in the press box for three hours and just watched a constant beatdown. Um, so I got to do it from the comfort of my home. Um, but no, I mean, it, it was it, it was a solid. Expected it to come, didn't expect it to be that insane, honestly. Um, the offense showed sparks um, that I don't know if they just need to find an identity on offense, South Carolina. Um, I mean, they would go with the run game and it would work and then they would just completely abandon it and they'd start throwing it downfield. And Spencer missed a couple throws. Um, but I mean, when he hit, he hit. Uh, I mean, Juice Wells, the James Madison transfer, is already leading the team in receptions and is top 25 in a couple categories already. I know it's early, but I mean, when they connected, they had like two 60 plus yard completions. One was a touchdown, the other set up a touchdown. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where Arkansas is, I think, you know, there's a lot of comparisons to be made between the two programs, um, between Arkansas and South Carolina. Arkansas is clearly a year ahead. Um, and I think South Carolina fans think South Carolina is where Arkansas is, um, but that is clearly not the case. Yeah. And Joe, yeah. What, what are your yeah, thoughts? Michael said, um, I mean, the run defense, it just, it was non-existent. Um, and we saw that against Georgia State. They struggled heavily with that option. And I mean, the fan base kind of knew coming into Arkansas that, you know, the run defense could be a big, could be a big, big, uh, Big no-no. Um, so, I mean, we saw Hennon Hooker and Rocket Sanders just run all over that defense. And, I mean, we the Gamecocks lost, I mean, a bunch of starters in and out of that game um, and lost two of them for the year. Um, you know, we saw Boogie Huntley and Jordan Strawn both go out and Strawn's out again for the year. Um, but Boogie Huntley's a big force on that interior line. And it's it's tough. It really is tough when you're missing two starters on that line. Um, can't really generate anything. And when you have a lot of guys, a lot of new guys mixing in there, it's hard to communicate and on run defense, you've got to be very disciplined on that run game and, you know, knowing your gaps, knowing your roles. So when you have a lot of guys that, you know, haven't necessarily played together and mixed them in, um, it's going to be tough to stop, you know, let Arkansas, let alone anybody in that situation. Yeah, definitely. And Michael, I know we were, we were right in the Beamer bus coming in the season, but we were also very high on Arkansas. Um, what did you see out of this game and, and what did it, indicate to you about both of these teams 
I mean, it indicated that Spencer Rattler's who we thought he was, um, which shout out Ryan Haley. He was um, Spencer Rattler is his 2021 preseason Heisman Heisman lock. Uh, I just I just like to bring that up as much as humanly possible. As you should. Uh, but, you know, like Spencer Rattler's fine. Like he's OK. He can't be the carrying. He can't carry a team. Um, and it also indicated to me that Arkansas is for real for real which we knew already going into it but there was, this was just further proof of that i mean like you're saying rocket sanders man 150 yards and two touchdowns kj jefferson 67 yards and a touchdown on the ground 162 and a touchdown through the air they're not asking kj to do much with his arm and he completed 18 of 21 passes like that is that was the perfect arkansas game you would like to see a little more from their defense but offensively like, that's what they want to do. They want to pound the ball. They had 65 rushing attempts, I believe, if I'm looking at this box score correctly, which is wild. 65 rushing attempts to 21 passes. I mean, Pittman, like, they want to beat you into the ground and then run right over you, and that's what they did. Yeah, and, and Sam Pittman, going back to his offensive line coach roots, he, he just wants to push you and, and knock you over and, and just – put you in the mud basically. And that's exactly what it, it's apt being their hogs and they, they'll put you in the mud and get down and dirty with you. Uh, which, you know, I think this Arkansas team is really scary, especially when KJ Jefferson's at his best because he can do it in the air and on the ground. Uh, and like we said, they could be a dark horse to win the West if things go correctly. Um, Cause you know, Bama looks mortal with that being said, that is basically our week two recap. Like we said, a lot happened this last week, but not, not a whole lot of big games coming on the schedule for week three in the SEC. We do have the a UGA South Carolina road test for the Bulldogs. First road game of the season for them. Uh, this game was picking up a lot of hype in the preseason as a potential upset watch for the national champs being like, hey, uh, South Carolina road, Beamer bus, everything is, is – uh, the hype is real there. The momentum could potentially lead to an upset. Uh, and after what I have seen to start this season, I'm not sure that I believe that at the moment. The line is 24 and a half. I don't know if I, I, I see Georgia covering or not. Uh, my current prediction has them not. But I think Georgia wins this game because I think they'll be able to handle them on offense. Sauls, we'll start with you. Do you see South Carolina pulling out this game at all? And if so, what are some of the keys for them to do that? Uh, no, um, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, maybe if South Carolina beat Georgia State and then went to Arkansas and beat Arkansas, then there might be a little bit more hope. And, you know, game day would be here. It'd be like number one versus number like 23 or something. They'd blow it up, be this huge noon game, and then Georgia would just come in and beat them like 45 to three or something. Um, I don't think it'll be that bad, but um, I think, you know, like we were talking earlier, they're, they're down two defensive starters in Mo Cabo and Jordan Strawn at the middle linebacker and at the edge position. Um, you've got some younger guys filling in for Mo Cabo, um, and then some kind of older guys, but just who lack experience for Strawn. Um, so on the defense, that's going to suck. Uh, I mean, to put it, you know, as simply as you can, I mean, you've got two, you got a guy who is two years removed from leading the country in sacks and another guy who is 
um, was an up and coming who had played in every game last year and who I really thought had a chance to make an all SEC team this year in Mokawa. Um, but no, I don't think, I, I think Georgia's miles ahead of South Carolina. I think the fact that it's at home will help and it'll make it probably a little bit closer um, than some people expect, but no, I think um, I'm, I'm not confident that South Carolina will win um, this week. Um, I think, you know, maybe Rattler has a little bit of a better game than last last week. Um, but no, I have no confidence in South Carolina winning, but I will be glad I will gladly be proven wrong. Um, I know that's what happened last time I predicted uh, that South Carolina would get blown out of the water by Georgia. Um, obviously, things didn't happen. Didn't go that way in 2019. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I fully expect Georgia to win. Yeah, and I do think the fact that is it's at Williams Price is is a bit of a help because Georgia's never been on the road before, uh, at least this season. Um, and Joe, I mean, do you have any hope here? Uh, any any confidence whatsoever? I mean, no. There is the one point one percent slim, you know, chance of hope that you know Beamer Ball and something crazy happens on special teams or something, you know, just you know get the ball roll like you know one of those 50 50 plays that you know you just somehow win I, I again I'm with Michael I, I don't see them pulling this out um especially with the two starters gone on defense and the South Carolina run game has been non-existent um Spencer's had to throw the ball you know 37 times against Arkansas 39 against um or sorry 39 against Arkansas 37 against Georgia State and that's just been because the Gamecocks haven't been able to run the ball and with when your run game is non-existent, you're gonna struggle um, getting your offense going in general. And I mean, we the Gamecocks have you know Marshawn Lloyd. They have running backs. It's just a matter of getting getting the offensive linemen to go downhill and just starting to get the run game more involved. So that way, Spencer doesn't have to throw the ball you know 30 plus times a game. Um, you know, you're not gonna win when you're you know running the ball as poorly as they have as of late and you know I again I think this Georgia defense is really 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 good um and a, a noon kick too I, I'm expecting the atmosphere to be really good but um you know night kicks at Williams Bryce or something special about that so I don't I don't know if the energy is going to be as big without the lights and stuff and you know the whole you know 7 30 kick it's a night game everyone's been out tailgating all that so I mean I think being a noon kick definitely favors Georgia a little bit more in that sense but um, I think the environment's going to be decent because, you know, Beamer's been calling for it all week. He said we've got, you know, some big recruits coming in. So um, I, I, you can say atmosphere plays a factor in this, but I think with a new kick, it, it definitely levels it out a little bit more. And, um, you know, I don't think, like Michael said, uh, you know, I don't think the, the, the dogs are going to win 43 or 45 to three, but um, and 24 and a half is, you know, that's a tight spread. Uh, I mean, the Gamecocks, you know, we saw against Arkansas a couple late touchdowns to make it close, if you will. I'm putting close in quotes. Um, but I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't think they really have a shot in this game. Yeah. And, and Michael, I mean, we've seen both of these, these teams now for two games. What do you expect to see on Saturday when Georgia goes to Columbia? I mean, just echoing what, Joe and Salt said, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. Like, I do think it being at South Carolina helps maybe a little. It'll be interesting to see how Georgia reacts to a true road environment. No offense to their neutral site game that was in Atlanta against Oregon. 
It was not. That was that was a Georgia home game. Yeah. Um, but speaking of that game, they allowed three points to an Oregon offense that just put up 70 last week. Yes, it was against Eastern Washington, but 70 points is 70 points. Um, Georgia has allowed 1.5 points per game because they didn't allow anything at Sanford last week. I think they could probably win this game with like 14 points. I don't see South Carolina's offense doing too much. I know Georgia's defense is not as good as it was last year, but I don't think this is the week they regress at all. And Stetson, apparently Stetson Bennett's good now. I apparently. guess. Apparently he's well, we're, we're on the Stetson Bennett for Heisman train. You're on the sets of Bennett for Heisman train. You will be I, soon. You will, I will be soon. I, I promise you I'll never be on that train. Um, but I do think 24 and a half is a lot. I think it'll probably be like a 31 to 10 game. So I don't know if Georgia will cover, but I don't think it's competitive. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing I do want to see out of the Georgia offense, because last week, I mean, they only – I say they pitched a shutout against Sanford. It was a good game, but they only put up three points in the second half when you should probably like put up 40 to I know I'm being a a little bit annoying by saying this, but it's true. I I think um, the offense needs to to work a little bit more on, on like getting push on the offensive line and being able to run the ball between the tackles, because a lot of what we've seen is is them trying to get outside um, and and try and make uh, plays in space, which is great. Uh, but when you play the, in the SEC, you want to be able to to assert your dominance and, and prove that you can force uh, your opponent into the ground. Like what, what Arkansas did to South Carolina last week. I, I would love to see Georgia do that against South Carolina this week because uh, we haven't really seen that out of uh, Georgia just yet. We've seen a lot of, of air raid, which is really surprising out of a, a Georgia offense. I, I mean, uh, I've been a Georgia fan for 20 years and all I've known is, is running backs going, going down your throat. But yeah, so that's, that's what I kind of want to see out of this. I want to see more balance and being able to run the ball against South Carolina. But like you said, I, I don't think there's much chance for an upset. I do think there is a chance South Carolina covers the spread because 24 and a half is, is a lot. Uh, my prediction is right under it. I said 34 to 10 at the moment, Georgia, uh, which is 24 points. So if it falls within that, I don't think I would touch this line uh, at all. Um, but yeah, I I think Georgia probably co- goes on the road and, and pulls out a win, which brings us to a really interesting game because we talked about, we just bashed Texas A&M for the last like 10 minutes uh, of our uh, week two recap. But Texas A&M has Miami at home. Um, five and a half point spread in favor of the Aggies which after last week, I don't know that I like at all. Um, Michael, what, what do we see out of this game? I mean, like I was saying, I don't understand this this spread. Yeah. Like, why is A&M a five-and-a-half-point favorite? I, I don't get it. They put up 14 against Appalachian State last week. And, yeah, Miami's defense is like, you know, it's okay. It's, it's a solid defense. And I think Tyler Van Dyke's a really good quarterback. I, I think Miami wins this game outright. Yeah. Um, so I know you were thinking about making this your lock of the week. I'm going to make this my lock of the week. Oh, dog. I'm going to take, but I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to make, I'm going to take Miami straight up. Straight up. I, I knocked over my microphone there. If that's He's what very, very emphatic about that. Very, very emphatic. 
I mean, I'm going to take the Miami money line in this okay. one. I think, I, I think that AM will, I do think they'll look better than they did against App State, but I think Miami's a really good team. Yeah. Um, you know, Van Dyke's looks good this year. Their, their rushing offenses look solid. Um, I don't see a ton of flaws. Yes, they haven't played a legit team yet. Um, so this will be their first true test. But I don't understand the spread. Like, I really don't. I, I don't understand how A&M's favorited. So, yeah, the only, Miami, Miami money line. The only I, – I lock it in. That's his lock, lock of the in. week. But the only lock thing I in. see out of this that could potentially lend in favor of being Texas A&M and this, this line – is that it, it's just like a must win for them. Like you have the chance to go two and one, which you have a loss to Appalachian State. But if you go one and two going into Arkansas, you could very well start one and three and your season's lost. Like I, I just don't see how this game against Miami isn't a must win. It's a nine o'clock game. It's it's under the lights. It's going to be uh, electric despite the loss. It was probably going to be college game day before App State stole it from them. Um so it'll be interesting. Uh, Sauls and Joe, what, what do you see out of this Texas A&M Miami game? I think this will either be a shootout or just a total garbage game that like, it's like 14 to 13 type thing. Um, I like Miami in it though. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's either going to be like 63, 62 or 14 to 13. And there's absolutely no in between. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we said it earlier. I mean, Miami's, scored 70 points against Bethune Cookman or whatever. Um, I mean, 70 points is regardless of who it's against, it's still a big number and it shows that Miami's offense can kind of, you know, execute if you will um, for Texas A&M to win this game. I think it would be huge. You're right. It's a must win. Um, maybe the midnight yellow people learn their lesson and, you know, make it to uh, make it a little less, you know, by or a little less, uh, contradictive if you will but uh yeah I mean I think Texas A&M they gotta get something going offensively if they're gonna win this game Miami's run defense has showed that they're legit um allowing I mean again we're only in week two but they've allowed 58 some odd rushing yards on average so I mean we know that the run defense is good it's just a matter of you know if their offense can match or I'll play Texas A&M's defense and I like what Saul said um, it's either going to be a shootout or, you know, a really tight game and nobody's scoring. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be a tough test for a and I'm taking Miami um, on the money line. I like what Michael said there too. Um, you know, plus 180, it's, it's good value. Um, and I think, you know, Miami, it's going to be their first road test and it's going to be, you know, it's at Kyle Field. So it's going to be an environment for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it nine, nine o'clock game. So it should be good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you guys mentioned it could either be a shootout or a defensive slugfest. And if it's a shootout, I mean, you, you got to go Miami there after what we saw out of Texas A&M in the last week. I, I don't see Texas A&M ever winning a shootout, especially with th- this iteration of their offense. So it'll be interesting. I was going to make my lock of the week Miami plus five and a half. So you do that. I'm I, just... I'm just bolder than you. That's all. Uh, yeah. Listen, I will take it because I'm 0-2 and, and I need a win. I need a win. So I'll just take the points and I'll, I'll run with it. And once I come back 1-2 and in Texas A&M wins and you're 1-2 as well, like we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So which leads us to the last game we want to talk about this week. 
Penn State and Auburn. Very interesting matchup. Um, it's coming back. It's a home and home. So uh, Penn State is coming to Jordan-Hare after they went to uh, Death Valley over uh, in Penn State. Um, it'll be very interesting. Penn State's a three-point favorite. Auburn hasn't done a whole lot to wow me this season. Uh, I mean, I think they've been flying under the radar after like the chaotic offseason they've had, which is what kind of Brian Harson needs. But this is a game that they finally like can't really fly under the radar because it's another power five team. It's it's a big matchup uh, in terms of brands. So I, I think Penn State is the better team on paper. And Vegas agrees with that three point favorite. Uh, TJ Finley does not bring enough to the table. Uh I'm leaning towards Penn State winning, but I do think the Jordan-Hare crowd uh, helps Auburn a lot trying to keep them in this game. So, Michael, we're going to start with you. What what do you think out of this this game? I mean, Auburn struggled with San Jose State last week. Yeah. San Jose State is not a good team. Um, I, I, I think that being in Jordan hair helps. I also don't think Penn state's a great team either. Like this is a, this is kind of like an encapsulation of week three in the sec that this is the three thirty CBS game, um, to not great teams going up against each other. I do think Penn state will win and probably cover the three point spread. Cause I just, I like Sean Clifford more than TJ Finley. TJ Finley's bad. He's bad, man. Auburn needs to do something at quarterback. Um, Yeah, they got Tanks Bigsby, which is great. He's awesome. Um, Penn State's top 25 in the country against the run. So we'll see that that's going to be the difference in the game is if they can get Tank going, Auburn has a shot. And, you know, playing at Auburn, things always get weird. Um, But like you were saying, Penn State's a better team on paper. Auburn has really struggled. Like, yes, they handled Mercer. But struggling against San Jose State is not what you want going into a big game against a ranked Power Five opponent. Um, yeah, I think Penn State covers. Yeah, and and Sauls, do do you see a way in Auburn pulling this out? No, not at all. I don't think Auburn's very good. Um, I do think it's funny. <clears throat> I like literally when you brought it up about how they've kind of flown under the radar after the entire fiasco of an off season they had. Now they're kind of back up in the have to be in the spotlight for this game. But, um, no, I don't think Auburn's very good. honestly think South Carolina could beat Auburn again if they played tomorrow. Um, and I, I think Penn State will – that should – ideally for Penn State, I think it will be is, is a cakewalk. Um, yeah, it's, it's at Auburn, so it'll probably make it a little bit more difficult. But, no, I think Penn State's a lock there. Yeah, and, and Joe, do you see it being the same sort of kind of yeah. not very close kind of game? Absolutely. Yeah, I love what I saw from Penn State at Purdue showed that they can, you know, win games on the road. And I know Purdue's not not the most, uh, you know, hostile environment in the world, but, you know, Penn State still got it done. And I think, you know, it showed from week one that they can win games on the road. And again, I, I agree with you all about Auburn. You know, I don't think they're that good. And I know Auburn Twitter is going to be a horrible place to be at after this game. That's for sure. Um, and so, I mean, I, again, I think Penn State wins this one pretty easily, too, um, in my eyes. Yeah, I, I, I do think the score might indicate that it, it would be a close game, but I think Penn State probably controls this game throughout. Um, so with that, 
I mean, those those were the games, really the big games of the SEC. Not not a great slate um, for week three, but as we, we we were proven wrong last week, that week two wasn't a great slate either, and, and we got we got some really good games out of that. So with that, I think we are are done. And uh, Joe and Michael, we we are very appreciative of you guys coming on. Uh, the floor is yours. Promote yourself. Tell the people what you've got going on and where they can find you on socials and such. Oh, you do. All right. So, yeah, um, you can find me on socials at Joe Machica, J-O-E-M-A-C-H-E-C-A. Um, I'm also interning for Gamecock Central, so you can find a lot of my stuff there. And then follow the Daily Gamecock social pages because we, we're doing some good stuff over there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. You can also follow me on Twitter, not at Joe Machica, but at MC Souls. Um, yeah, we're doing great stuff here at the Daily Gamecock. I'll be in the box um, for Gamecock Central this weekend, but I know Joe will be there for us. Um, Jacob uh, Phillips, our assistant sports editor, will be there. Um, follow all the Daily Gamecock stuff on Twitter, and as always, yeah, student media poll to the moon. Yeah, absolutely. And our my lovely co-host, Michael Hull, as always, where, where can the people find you? As always, you can also find me on Twitter at Michael underscore Hall. 33 um writing for the alligator this semester hosting their sports podcasts every week i just had the opportunity to interview kyle trask uh this past weekend former florida quarterback now on the bucks um so that q a went up on sunday morning i believe before the bucks played um so that's up there it's pinned to my profile if you want to read it listen to it that'd be awesome um follow alligator sports follow the alligator we're doing a lot of a lot of great work on all uf athletics um and then follow student media poll follow this podcast yeah absolutely and follow you can follow me on twitter at jack duffy i tweet a lot about georgia football atlanta braves baseball whatever whatever your heart desires out of georgia sports you can find it on my twitter page uh follow this podcast at stud sec smp uh and also follow at student media 25 we've got a lot of cool stuff coming out our podcast network is up and running got a lot of uh, a bunch of shows we just released another smp podcast with uh two new voters explaining their ballots so good stuff coming out of there uh and yeah come back next week follow this podcast as we come back and talk more sec football after week three so we'll see you guys next week